Yeah, yeah, let's go. It's time to get it started. Let's talk about it. Hello, Giants fans. Welcome to another episode of Giants in Front of Me. I couldn't record throughout the week. Had a busy week. We have friends visiting from California. But I want to open up the show talking about Coach Dable because there was an incident with him that happened this week. Michael K reported that Coach Dable had a wild party the Saturday night before the game against Dallas. And considering that we got blown out 40 to zip, that it wasn't a good look and that K Coach Dable didn't have his team prepared. Well, it turns out that it was much uh, to do about nothing because in reality, he threw a birthday party for his child and kids should be off limits. Uh, Dable, after all, is still a father. He's still a husband. He still has a family life and he has to be able to do things for his children and be in their lives. We don't want a coach that doesn't have the right balance. And so I still have a deep trust in Coach Dable. Although I have said in previous episodes that year two is going to be key. And I keep repeating that Shermer didn't have a good year two. Judge didn't have a good year two. And so we want to see Dable get over that hump. But I trust in my coach. I trust in Joe Shane. As I've stated previously in my last episode, I'm not going to jump off the cliff because we lost one game, even if it was the hated Dallas Cowboys. So I want to reiterate here at the beginning of this episode that I have an immense trust in Coach Dable and our coaching staff, including the entire staff. I know we're down on our O-line coach, but sometimes it just may be the talent. We'll see if they can get it corrected, if Bobby Johnson can get that line corrected, if they can bring in help to correct this offensive line, because we have stated from the get-go, not only myself, but other giant uh, fans have stated that the O-line is going to be the key in order to be able to use all our new weapons. That being said, we need to talk about the offensive line. Now, there is concern, obviously, even when fully healthy about the offensive line, but now we have to deal with the fact that Andrew Thomas is questionable, that he's day-to-day, and it'll be a game-time decision come Sunday in Arizona. Look, I think we can beat this team, and we'll talk about the Cardinals' defense, but I think we could still beat this team whether Andrew Thomas plays or not. I think we have too much talent. I think our coaches will devise a game plan to neutralize what the Cardinals want to do on defense. But nevertheless, the fact that Andrew Thomas is not 100% is concerning. And so not only that, but on the defensive side, this guy, Mercy, cannot stay healthy. And that is Ojolari. He is not doing well. I think he came up with a hamstring injury as well. So once again, we're dealing with injury with Ojolari. The injury report for the Giants says that he is doubtful to play on Sunday. But that gives us a bigger role for Simmons, who used to be on the Cardinals and may know a little bit about their tendency, even though he doesn't know the quarterback, Dobbs, who's starting, because he got traded to the Cardinals the day of the same trade that brought Simmons to the New York Giants. So he's doubtful, and so is Wondell Robinson doubtful. Now, if Wondell Robinson, listen to me, if he goes four weeks without playing, 
then why did we even take him out of the pup? So hopefully he'll be ready for the 49ers. And if not for the Seahawks the following week, but I was kind of hoping he'd be ready at least for this Cardinal game, but he's listed as doubtful for the Arizona Cardinals and uh, defensive alignment. LJ Collier is out. So is Josh Woods is out questionable offensive lineman. Kelvin Beecham is questionable defensive lineman. Lakey for two is questionable and their well-known safety Buddha Baker with a hamstring injury is questionable. And so we'll see. This brings me to the Cardinals defense. If you know, their head coach used to be the Eagles defensive coordinator, and they played a good game against the commanders last week, even though they lost their defense had six sacks and they scored a touchdown and they were very good considering that they don't have a lot of names that are famous or popular or well-known on their defense. They did, I saw a stat, they, they did rotate 11 defensive linemen in order to keep them fresh because they are pretty quick. So you can see that their head coach is trying to build a similar defense that he had on the Eagles. And if he does that, well, the Eagles defense give the Giants problems the last several years, especially last year where they beat us three times. But I don't think this will be a concern, even though the scheme, they know us scheme wise, they don't have the horses or the same talent that the Eagles have, which gave us the trouble last year. So I believe that we should a be able to one, run the ball against the Cardinals defense, and that will open up the play action pass in order to finally score some points and get our offensive going. Look, I think the Giants offense is going to have a big day. I think they're going to win this game, win it easily by over 20 points. Now, when was the last time we did that? But I think we will have a final score or 31-10 more than likely give us that 21-point cushion. So if we don't do well, well, first of all, losing is not an option, right? Any given Sunday, anything can happen. But if we believe this team is going to take strides and improve upon last year, there's no way they need to lose this game. There's no way they should lose this game because heaven forbid, if they should lose this game, then we're facing the 49ers who destroyed the Steelers on short rest in San Francisco. So I'm confident. I'm pretty confident. I've stated earlier in a different episode before even the Dallas game that we were going to blow out the Cardinals and I'm not backing out of that. I see Daniel Jones throwing for at least three touchdowns, whether that's to Barkley or some of the receivers. I'm pretty sure Barkley will get at least two touchdowns, perhaps one receiving, one rushing, and this should be an easy victory. It might start off tight because we don't seem to get off the gate real fast, but nevertheless, we should have an easy victory somewhere 31-10 or 35-15, something like that. So that's my prediction for the game. Now, let me, before I continue with my frenemy standings and picks, 
I want to add is that many Giants fans that I have observed on Twitter and other places, Facebook, seem to be wanting to give up on this team already, as if they have some crystal ball that the season is going to be pitched. Some of them have even been calling for the firing of Joe Shea and Brian Dable. Are we serious? After one game, is Dallas really that in your head that you're willing to fire this good parent of our GM and coach? Look, are they perfect? No, no one's perfect, but they've been doing good. Now, some of their top two draft picks, right? Thibodeau and Neil need to improve, but Thibodeau didn't play that bad against Dallas. However, the whole team looked bad. So when the whole team looks bad, everybody looks bad. And so we need to be patient as Giant fans. Now, I'm not going to jump off the cliff if we lose this game, but it's not going to look good. And then the foundation starts shaking there because I see us and I predicted us at an 11 and 6 record, losing four times in the division, which still improves the division record only by half a game because last year we were one, four, and one. I see us going two, four, two, and four. So let's stay faithful. Let's not jump off the cliff and let's root our team to a victory. So now me and my friends, my frenemies are picking four games throughout the week to see how we match up in our records. And this is the standing after week one. After the week one games, Danny and myself are in first place with a 3-1 record. My friend Adam, an Eagles fan. Danny's a Jets fan. I feel bad for him because Rodgers was lost for the season. And that was heartbreaking. Look, I'm not a Jets fan, but I hate seeing top players or any players really get hurt. But you feel it more when it's a top player. And for Rodgers to be out of the out for the season after only four snaps is heartbreaking. And I Pray and hope that he can come back, rehabilitate, and have at least a full healthy season next year, even if he retires after that. So I feel bad for Rogers sending him love, even though I'm not a fan of his, I can sympathize with him. So Danny's a Jet fan. He's at 3-1. I'm a Giants fan, obviously. I'm at 3-1 as well. Adam, an Eagles fan, is at 2-2. Two two. Mikey, a Cowboys fan, is 2-2. Two Abel, a Giants fan, is one and three, and Anthony, a Ravens fan, is one and three. And so the games we picked for this week are Chiefs versus Jaguars, Lions versus the Seahawks, Bucks versus Bears, and Broncos versus Commanders. And here's how it went down. I'm going to go with Danny and myself. Well, Danny picked the Chiefs, Lions, Bucks, and Commanders. You can see it on the screen. I picked the Jags, Lions, Bucks, and Broncos. Adam picked the Chiefs, Lions, Bucks, and Commanders. Mikey picked Chiefs, Lions, Bears, and Broncos. Abel picked Chiefs, Lions, Bears, and Broncos. Anthony picked Chiefs, Lions, Bucks, and Broncos. Now, I'm going to give you my reasoning for picking my picks. Everybody else of my frenemies picked the Chiefs. And the Chiefs did have 10 days to prepare. But they're not at full strength, and I think they're still a little bit Super Bowl hangled. 
I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're not going to be a good team and they're not going to be a contender. But I think with not being at full strength, with not having the Super Bowl hangover over them and the Jags being an ascending team and playing at home, I think the Jags pulled this one off. I didn't want to pick the Lions against the Seahawks, but the Seahawks tackles are injured. I didn't check the report, but I don't think they're going to be playing. I'm not a big fan of Geno Smith and the Lions after a resounding victory over the Chiefs have also had 10 days to prepare and they're playing at home where they play very well at home on their turf and they're going to be fully excited and I see them winning. Now the Bucks and the Bears, look, two quarterbacks that I'm not fond of. However, I'm less fond of, of Mayfield who made fun of Danny Dimes who is no longer a viable quarterback anywhere, who has bounced around from the Browns, Panthers, Rams, and now Bucks. So I'm picking the Bucks to win, but doesn't mean I'm very confident because I don't like Mayfield. But because the Bucks are at home, I think they eke it out. And then finally, the Broncos at home, they should win this game. And if not, then people are going to be wondering about Wilson. But Wilson played well last week. Just in the end, they lost the game. And so those are my picks. Those are our picks for the frenemies. And it's proud to say that me and Danny are tied for first place. So here are my closing thoughts, Giants fans. I want to get more into the, the feeling going into this game. Many Giants fans are not confident, but I am. And regardless of the loss against Dallas, I have high hopes for this team. And I think this week will prove us right. I think the keys to the game are going to be the offensive line, but they don't have to play perfect. With or without Thomas, I believe we can win this. And I think there's going to be a change at right guard. And hopefully that change at right guard, because Glowinski was horrible against Dallas, will be a rallying cry and help the team establish the run and then the play-action pass. So here's my prediction. Besides the score, I think Barkley will have over 100 yards running, and he will have two touchdowns, and Daniel Jones will throw for at least two and run in for one. So we're going to score anywhere between four to five touchdowns. Guarantee it. Until next time, Giant fans, make a friend of a friend of me. God bless.